Way City Church, located in Woodbridge, Virginia, is led by Pastor Marlon Yearwood and exists to reach the lost and disciple the believer. My name is uh, Marlon, and I'm a pastor here at the Way City Church. And this is our third, our third service since launch. So again, thank you for being with us. Um, this is a brand new thing, and like the words of the song, so God is doing a, a new thing, and God is doing a, a move here in Woodbridge. And, you know, God has been working here before I was born, right? So, so what God is doing here through us, you know, he's, we're just kind of an addition to his plan, but God's been working here um, before we ever came to be, right? God loves Woodbridge. God has a plan and a purpose for Woodbridge. But it's an honor for us to be, to be a part of this journey. It's an honor for us to serve God during our season, during our generation. You know, uh, David, Acts speaks of David, and it says that David was a man who served God's purpose within his generation. Right? He couldn't do anything about the generations that were before him, and he could only leave a legacy for the generations that would come after him. But within his generation, he served God's purpose. That's why we're here, to serve God's purpose within our generation in Woodbridge. Amen? Amen. So today's going to be a little bit different um, in the sense where it's going to be uh, a little less ministry and a little more um, informational. Um, so it's important for you guys to understand who we are, um, how we got here, uh, what we're doing here in Woodbridge. So uh, it's going to be a little bit more vision today. Uh, but also, but also ministry. So I'm going to start off with showing you guys a video that kind of speaks a little bit about my church planting journey um, and the process for me to get to this place. I spoke about it in more detail last week. Um, so briefly, I'm going to show you this video and then we will move on. So you just don't know what you don't know. In 2017, I believed that I was ready, that I was prepared to plant a church, but I clearly was not. So my name is Marlon Yearwood, and I'm planting the Way City Church in Woodbridge, Virginia. So in 2016, I'd been in full-time ministry at this point for 11 years, and here I am. The burden has got so strong for church planting. I'm praying about this, I'm meditating upon it day and night, and I begin to gather a core team, sharing my vision with a few people, and we're just praying for this endeavor. By 2017, we have a core team of about 10 people, and we just go ahead and we start services. And then we heard of New City Network. And, um, and when we connected with New City Network, um, I was challenged. Uh, Mark Campbell gave me a phone call one day and said, hey bro, would you consider putting your services on pause to focus full time on training with New City Network? And when he said that initially, I was thinking in my heart, there's no way that I'm gonna do that because this thing has already started. But he said, why don't you pray about it? And I did. So I went home and I prayed about it for a while, for a few weeks, and then I got back to them and I said, um, yeah, I believe the Lord's calling me to pause the services and connect with New City Network. And I can sincerely tell you that that is the single most beneficial decision that I have made for the Way City Church until this point. 
So now we're in 2018 and we have put the Way City Church services on pause and we've entered into a one-year residency with New City Network and I can tell you that our experience was absolutely phenomenal. The training at New City Network, I mean, first of all, you just don't know what you don't know. Um, I've been in ministry now for 14 years, but church planting is brand new to me. Uh, ministry experience does not prepare you wholly and does not equip you completely in order for you to plant a church. So when I came into this uh, process, again, I had ministry experience, um, but I was so ignorant. But I didn't realize I was ignorant until I went through the training. I know a little bit about preaching and teaching, um, but nothing about church planting. So I came into this uh, extremely ignorant um, and I've received so much and there's so many things that I've learned from New City. But I would say apart from the training, which was phenomenal, uh, the brotherhood was just as important. Uh, most church planters or many church planters, uh, they quit because they feel like they are alone. And when you're a part of a network like New City Network, they really encourage brotherhood. So I've never felt like I've been alone during this process. I have brothers training with me, uh, going through the same process as I am, and we encourage each other and pray with each other. So the brotherhood at New City Network is uh, top-notch, as well as the training. I've heard it said that preparation time is never wasted time, and there's a reason why that's said, because sometimes when we're preparing, we can feel as though we're wasting time. There's a scripture in Ecclesiastes, chapter 10 and verse 10, and it says this, if the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. But wisdom brings success. In other words, if the axe is dull, you're gonna be working really, really hard to cut down that tree. But if you take the time to sharpen the blade, to wet the edge of the axe, then your work will be a lot more effective. I strongly believe that if we just take the time to step back, to be equipped, to be prepared, to sharpen the blade, that we will be so much more effective in this work of church planting, that we will go so much further, so much faster, and that we would impact generations to come, starting from Washington, D.C. to the ends of the world. So that's a, a little bit of my story that brings me to this place. Um, so, so New City Network, that's the church planting arm of McLean Bible Church. So McLean Bible Church, they are one of our sending churches. Um, we have two primary sending churches, McLean Bible Church, and then also a church called New City Fellowship in Manassas. And, um, and the pastor of that church is Will Klotz right at the back there. If you guys just turn around and look at Will right there with the baby. Yep, yep. So, 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 uh, so, so Will has been uh, amazing. Uh, he planted New City Fellowship three years ago, actually, and I did a residency there for one year as well and received so much amazing training uh, from this brother and from that team. Uh, so I'm so blessed uh, for him to be here. Um, but that's a part of my church planting journey. So let me give you a little bit about my, my story so that you know who I am. So again, Marlon Yearwood, born and raised in London, England, uh, came to faith at the age of 19, um, uh, came from, from a broken home. My, my parents were never married. Uh, dad left maybe when I was around, I don't know, seven, eight. Um, but again, but they were never married. And my father lived 
I lived on 71 Sheldon Road and he lived on 71 Hazelby Road. It was like one street in between us. So it was maybe a, a five, ten minute walk from my house to his house. So he was still uh, in my life up until teenage years. And then around my teenage years, he just kind of uh, completely left the picture. And, um, and I grew up with a lot of anger. I grew up with a lot of aggression. I uh, got caught up in the, in the street life of London. Um, and I know that you guys are like, what is it? There's a street life in London? Yeah, there is. So I got caught up in the, uh, in the street life. My older brother's four years older than me. He had a bit of a reputation on the streets, so um, me growing up, people expected me to, to walk in his footsteps. So I got caught up in, in that world, but I always had this, um, when I share my story, I always share it as a double life. So on one end, I was caught up with the, with the street culture of the UK, but on the other end, um, I was an actor. So from the age of six to 19, I used to act. Um, so, and... I, I really believe that the Lord placed that in my life for a reason because it helped to keep me somewhat on a, on a straight path. You know, the Bible says where there's no vision, the people perish. And my friends that had no vision, my friends that didn't care about tomorrow, they would live for the day. They lived for the day and they did not care about tomorrow. But I cared about tomorrow because of my acting career, right? So I cared about my future. Um, so there was always a line that I wouldn't cross, right? Um, so... So this was my life, and you know, on the other end, I'm, I have this great relationship with the directors and producers. And when I was 13 years old, I did a, a TV series that was called Pig Heart Boy. And it was um, at that time that I received my, my break, as they call it. And it was about a, a boy that had a pig's heart transplant. And um, there were a couple hundred people that auditioned for the part. Um, and I went through about seven auditions. And then finally, the final audition was four people. And then I got through. So I was, I was the main character in that, and it was about my life. Would I live? Would I die with this pig's heart transplant? Um, so after that, acting career just, just took off, and I found myself uh, in theater productions and uh, TV uh, shows uh, every year from, from 13 to, to 19. Um, at 19 years old, my mother, she asked me to come to church with her one day, and I did. I had nothing against God. I believed in him. I knew he was real. I knew he existed. Um, and I was at a church in London. There were maybe eight, nine hundred people. And I was sitting towards the back, and I felt as though the Holy Spirit was speaking directly to me. And that was the beginning of the greatest transformation of my life. And after that service, someone had connected with me. Um, they, they began to disciple me. So I'm, I'm, I'm big into discipleship. Um, so, so as much as the Holy Spirit ministered to me in that place, if someone didn't disciple me after that, I probably would not have been back there for, for a while. But someone got my contact information, they, they stayed in touch with me, and um, it was maybe three, four months after that that I completely surrendered everything, um, gave my life to Christ, was shortly baptized after that. Um, and then my goal was still to to act. My dream was to go to Hollywood. That was my everything. If you asked me as a nine-year-old, as a ten-year-old, and you said, Marlon, what do you want to be when you're older? I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going to be an actor. I always had vision from a very young age. But now all of a sudden, I'm, I'm 19. I'm in the faith. I'm trying to be an example. And my agent, she calls me one day and says, Marlon, there's this new TV series for you. It's going to be nine episodes along, um, and we want you to go for it. And I said, yeah, sure. Um, I said, send me the script in the mail. And she did. She sent me the script in the mail. And then the character they wanted me to play 
on TV reminded me of my old life that I had just been delivered from. So for the first time, there's this dilemma, and I'm like, man, here I am trying to be an example. I'm new in my faith. I'm evangelizing on the streets, and, and I'm really trying to be an example, trying to be a witness. But now I'm going to be on TV playing this role. And it was at that point that I heard the Holy Spirit say, lay it down. So I spoke to my agent, and I said, I'm actually not going to go for the, for the role. And uh, she was extremely upset, uh, very angry, actually. And, um, and I said, I'm not going to go for it. It was the first time I ever turned anything down. And again, after that phone conversation, I heard the Holy Spirit say, lay it down. So now I'm 19, and I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. Right? I, have, I have no vision now. Um, it feels like no purpose. And it was maybe uh, a month or two after that that the senior pastor at my church in London came to me and said, Marlon, we feel like you're called to full-time ministry. And when he said that, it's like the light bulb just came on. And I said, huh, that's exactly what it is. So I went into full-time ministry um, at 19, and I've been doing that ever since. Been in America now for uh, about 14, 14 years, um, and, and it's been an amazing journey of seeing what the Lord has done. Um, but I feel... I feel so blessed to be in this place. And I always knew at 19, when I went into full-time ministry, that one day I would start a church. Always knew it, very early on. And now, here it is, about you know, 15 or so years later that I'm standing in that reality. So just kind of wanted to share a bit of my story of how I got here. Um, now, how are we in, in Woodbridge? So... The, the, the city of Woodbridge, why, why Woodbridge out of all of these cities? And there are so many reasons why I could tell you why Woodbridge. You know, we live here. It's our community. It's our city, right? We, we genuinely love the people of Woodbridge. I don't even like to spend money outside of Woodbridge, right? Like, that's how much I love Woodbridge, right? So I love this community, uh, know the needs of this community. So, so many reasons why this city. But three main reasons is this. Number one is because God has called me to Woodbridge. Number one reason, right? Number two is that Woodbridge is, uh, spiritually speaking, only 16% of those who live in Woodbridge would call themselves Christian. Only 16% of those who live here would call themselves Christian. That's low. And that's 16% who would call themselves Right? We know according to Matthew 7 that not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, right, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father which is in heaven. Then Jesus says, in the last days, many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do X, Y, and Z in your name? And I will say, I never knew you. So not everyone who calls themselves a Christian actually is one. So I believe that number is even lower than 16%. So that's why, that's why we're here. Only 16% in Woodbridge call themselves Christian. And then finally, number three would be because of its diversity. Woodbridge is extremely diverse. And the Lord has given me a vision to, to plant a diverse church that reflects and looks like heaven. Amen? Amen. So Woodbridge is a, is a city that is diverse, right? So it's uh, 55% white, 23% black, 13% Hispanic, and 10% Asian. So very, very diverse 
community. Um, it also has a median household income of $106,000, but yet you have about 8% of the population that lives beneath the poverty line. There are uh, about a dozen tenth cities in this community, tenth cities where the homeless live and set up tents. I've been to a couple of them. So, um, so very diverse community, once again. There was a, a Barna study that was done in 2016. And the Barna study says this. It says that churches in America are ten times more ethnically segregated than their neighborhoods. And 20 times more ethnically segregated than their schools. Think about that. Ten times more segregated than their neighborhoods and 20 times more than their schools. And I've still heard it said many times that Sunday mornings, the most segregated time in the week is Sunday mornings at church. I've heard that said so many times. So, again, we have a vision for diversity in this place. Diversity in every single, every single way. Um, so our, our mission as a church, right, why do we exist? We exist very simply to reach the lost and to disciple the believer. That's why we exist. That's why we are here. Our mission is to reach the lost and to disciple the believer. That's why we exist. That's why we breathe. That's why we meet. That's why we gather. That's why, that's why we're here, right? That is our very mission. The vision of the Way City Church is to reach the lost and to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. We reach the saints and the lost by being relevant to our generation. We are completely open to become all things to all people, only without the compromise of the word of God. And we desire to be a mission-based, multiracial, multi-ethnic, multi-generational, economically diverse church that loves God passionately and has a zeal for the spiritual development of people. This is our vision at the Way City Church. Amen? Amen. So, again, let's just break down the, the vision just a little bit. So the vision of the Way City Church is to reach the lost and to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So to reach the lost, Luke chapter 19 and verse 10 reveals to us that this is the purpose why the Son of Man came. Right? For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus' mission, he came here to, to find, to seek, to search out lost people. That's why he came. So this is our mission, this is our vision, and the church exists to glorify God Right, and to continue and to adopt his mission. The church exists to glorify God and to adopt and to continue his mission. Right? That's why the church exists. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And the church exists to continue and to adopt his very mission. Right? So that's, that's why we're here. And if the church is not moved by his mission, 
then who will be? Let me ask you that question. If the church is not moved by his mission, then who will be? And the answer to that is absolutely no one. So we spoke a few weeks ago, a few weeks back, about, um, about the lost. And there's a few things that we, that we learned as we were speaking about the lost. And we learned this, that God is concerned about the lost. We learned that Jesus is concerned about the lost. We learned that angels are concerned about the lost. We learned that Satan is concerned about the lost. And we learn that even people in hell are concerned about the lost, according to Luke 16. And I left you guys with a question, and I said, are you concerned about the lost? God is, Jesus is, angels are, Satan is, even people in hell. Are you concerned about the lost? If we don't continue his mission, then who will? No one. So, so let's, let's love the lost and let's be on mission and let's be concerned about the lost. The, the way for us to, to minister to the lost is to boldly proclaim the truth. The way for us to love the lost is to boldly proclaim the truth that is found in Jesus. So I've been speaking to, to my team about the, the importance of, of sharing the gospel, but also the importance of just an invitation. The importance of just extending an invitation. Hey, come to church. Right? So, so both sharing the gospel with someone, but also just extending an invitation. To get them to a place and an environment where they can hear the truth of, of the gospel. So I, I pray, um, I pray and I prayed um, that you would be moved by, by that, that you would have compassion for the lost. Two things that we said as well when we spoke about the lost a couple of weeks ago is a couple of reasons why we don't share our faith is because of fear. And I used to think that was number one, but the other reason why we don't share our faith is because we just don't care. So, so fear is one reason, but the other reason is I just don't, I'm, I'm just not moved for lost people. I just don't have any love or compassion for people that are lost, right? So, so I've, I've prayed, you know, that our hearts would, would be filled with that love and that compassion for lost people, that fear would be removed, and that our hearts would be filled with that love and compassion for people. So the vision of the Way City Church is to reach the loss. And when your love for the lost is greater than your own insecurities and fears, then you will have a breakthrough in that area. When your love for the lost is greater than your own insecurities and fears of rejection or whatever else your fears may be, when your love for the lost is greater, then you will have breakthrough in that area. So we exist to reach the lost, but not only to reach the lost, but also to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's found in, in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. And he himself, speaking of Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, 
some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And then verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. But verse 11 and 12 again, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? For the equipping of who? Of you. You're the saints. You are the saints. So for the equipping of you, the saints, for what purpose? For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the entire body of Christ. So we not only believe in reaching the lost, but we just as strongly believe in equipping the saints for the work of the ministry and discipling the believer. For the purpose, again, of what? Of the ministry. To edify the body of Christ. You see, when you think ministry, you think me. But when I think ministry, I think you. So the, the role and the, and the work of the, in this case, of the pastor, teacher, is to equip you for the work of the ministry. So again, you hear ministry and you think me, but I hear ministry and I think, I think you. One of my key roles as a pastor and as a teacher, again, is to equip you for the work of the ministry. So I pray that your mind would be renewed right now in this place according to his word. You would no longer view ministry as something that the pastor or the elders do alone, but something that you yourselves as the saints of God, that you do. May your mind be renewed right now by the meditation and the reading of his word for you to shift your perspective in the way that you viewed ministry. So the ministry is me equipping you for that work. And then we would be so much more effective if that's the strategy that we take. So may you take ownership of what the word says is true about you. Amen? Amen. Amen. So what, what God's word is asking us to do is mirrored actually by what Christ did. I'm going to say that again. What God's word is asking us to do is mirrored by what Christ actually did. When Christ was here, he trained up 12 individuals for the work of the ministry. Yes or no? When he was here, he trained up 12 individuals for the work of the ministry. And while the disciples may have seen Christ as the primary minister, Christ saw them as the primary ministers. And he invested in those 12 individuals, and 12 are better than one, and, and, and 70 are better than one. And he invested in these individuals. And Christ, by the way, he was both apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, all in one. I know there are some, uh, some individuals that believe that they are all, <laughs> are all those five as well, but Christ embodied all those five, okay? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. No, no one individual uh, operates in all five of those. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> 
There are some people who believe they do. All right, but that's uh, Christ operated in all those five functions. Um, that was his role. We may at different times operate in some of these different areas, but Christ was the fullness of all of those five offices. So he trained up these, these 12 individuals, and then he sent them out. And he equipped them for the work of the ministry. And I see that again as an amazing strategy. Jesus was not an insecure leader. He, he trained them up, and they did the work of the ministry. And they did it effectively. So this is modeled after that. It's modeled after what he himself did. So, again, the vision of the Way City Church to reach the lost and to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. We reach the saints and the lost by being relevant to our generation. We are open to become all things to all people only without the compromise of the word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We can turn there from verse 19. First Corinthians 9, from verse 19 through 23. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. And to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win the Jews. To those who are under the law as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law as without law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law. Verse 22. To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be a partaker of it with you. We will do as a church whatever it takes to reach lost people. We will do whatever it takes only without the compromise of God's word and his message. We will not budge we will not change, we will not alter the word of God for culture's sake. We will do whatever it takes to reach the lost apart from compromise on the scriptures and, and the word of God. We will prioritize the lost just as Jesus did in Luke 15.4 where it tells us that he leaves the 99 to go after the one lost sheep until he finds it and then he brings it back home. That's, that's how we will seek and, and search for and value the lost. Where we will go after them intentionally and, and minister to them. And maybe, maybe our church is not as traditional as you like. I don't know. Maybe the way that we do things is different from, from your old church. Maybe the fact that we meet in a in a brewery, is challenging for you. I don't know. But everything that we do, uh, we will do for the sake of the lost, only without the compromise of the word of God. Amen? Amen? Amen. So, 
This is, this is who we are. This is what we are doing. Our vision slash vision strategy in simple, memorable terms is G-E-D. Can you guys say that with me? Say G-E-D. G-E-D. All right. Vision, vision strategy, G-E-D. We grow, we evangelize, we disciple. We grow through the study of God's word and worship. We evangelize by pursuing the lost and by sharing our story, which leads to his story. And we disciple by building relationships and by sharing our lives. There's a scripture that I love in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 8, and it says this, So we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our very own lives as well. So, so yes, we're sharing the gospel, but, but we're also sharing our lives. And this is discipleship, opening up our homes and sharing our lives. And that's why we're starting these city groups that will begin the week of March 2nd. And we're going to have four city groups for you to, to go. People are opening up, up their homes where you can be discipled, where the lost can, can gather, where you can begin to grow in your faith. But discipleship means everything to us. And opening your home, there's something special about that. Growing up in the UK and coming to faith in the UK, that's something that, that no one did. So you went to church, and outside of the church, no one was opening up their homes. It was, it was a very, your home was a very personal space, that no one enters that. And you could be at that church for 10, 15, 20 years, and, and it's very rare that someone's going to invite you to their house. So there is, there is a, a, uh, an openness an inviting heart of opening your home and, and saying, come in. And that's how we view discipleship. Opening up our homes and sharing not only the gospel, not only the message, but, but sharing our lives. Let's live life together. Amen? Amen. 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 So we disciple by building relationships and by sharing our lives. And we're going to get into um, the vision more next week, GED, breaking down what growth looks like, what evangelism looks like, what discipleship looks like. Um, more next week. Today's a little bit more general. Um, a part of our vision also as a church is by 2025 is to have another church plant. We spoke last week about the importance of multiplying churches. So we are a multiplying church. So we want to plant more churches. Amen. We said the, the Great Commission cannot be fulfilled without the, the planting of churches. So we believe in that. We believe in that. So by 2025, in the next five years, our vision is to plant another church and to keep planting churches. Amen? All right. And um, finally, uh, Mark, Mark 16. We're going to go to Mark 16, and we're going to um, end here for today. So again, that was, that was like general, general vision, right, uh, for, for the Way City Church. Next week, we'll be getting into more specific um, details. But 
But Mark 16, the, the latter part, um, verses 14 through 20, we are going to read today. And this part of, of Mark uh, 16, so, so some of the earliest manuscripts, some don't include this part. Some, some believe it's there, some don't. I believe it is. Um, but, but Mark 16, uh, 14 through 20, that's what we're going to read, okay? So, later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief. This is speaking of Jesus and hardness of heart. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name, They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. So in Mark 16, also known as the Great Commission, Jesus gave the command. And he says, go into the world and preach the gospel to every single creature. He says, go and preach the gospel. Share the good news. And it goes on and speaks about the, the signs that will follow. But something that I, I love in this text is this. Jesus gave us the command. And by the way, actually, even before this, verse 14, he was speaking to people who had previously had doubts in their heart. Right? They had doubt in their heart and they were struggling with unbelief. Verse 14 tells us. So he's speaking to a people where doubt is in their heart, they're struggling with unbelief, and Jesus, he rebukes their unbelief, obviously, and then he says, now go. And sometimes we feel like we have to reach a certain status, a certain point, before we can share the gospel with people. If the gospel has been extended to you, if you have received it freely, you have received freely, you give. If you have received it, then you are qualified to share it. So they're struggling with doubt and unbelief, and Jesus comes in, he rebukes their doubt and, and unbelief, and then he says, now, now go and preach this message, preach this gospel. Go and preach it. And then I love Verse 19. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Jesus, he, he gave 
the Great Commission. He gave them the instructions. And then you know what? Jesus had confidence in his disciples. He said, I've given them the commission. I've given them the command. And I believe that they will do exactly as they have been commanded. So he gives them the commission. And I just love the imagery of, and then he sits down. He, he sits down at the right hand of God. I just love that imagery. I've given you the great commission. It's in your hands. I've trained up the, the 12. You guys are now the ministers to the world. And then he sits down in confidence that his people, that his church, that his body will continue this great commission and this message to the world. And he sits down. But those, those men have passed. They are dead. And I don't believe that Christ has stood from his seat. I believe he's still sitting down and he still has confidence in you and me that we will continue this message of the gospel. That we will take it and deliver it to a lost and dying world. He believes in you. Amen, we believe in him, but he believes in you. And he sat down at the right hand of the Father and he said, go and preach the good news. What confidence. But verse... Verse 20. This is even greater news. And they went out and preached everywhere. But guess what? The Lord was working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. So they were not alone. He didn't send them out and say, I'm done. But he sent them out and he was working with them as a co laborer. They're working together. So you are in partnership with with Jesus you are in partnership with the Father and he's given you the commission he's given you the word and he trusts and believes that you will say here am I send me and that you will run with it he believes in you so let's take this this gospel message let's be on mission in the city of Woodbridge Stand up, please. Just bow your heads, please, for a moment. Just think about the the word that you heard today. Well, the word spoke to you today. Sometimes we see church just as a place where we can where we can sit and receive and I believe that again we believe in discipleship but we also believe in in mission and we believe in the lost so I pray that you were stirred up today to be in mission I pray that you would know every individual in this room that you would know that God believes in you and God has given you the great task of sharing this message as he works with you. Take a few moments and just ponder and meditate upon the action that the Lord is leading you to today.
Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. Father, we thank you for your spirit that is upon us. I thank you that your spirit is not upon us in vain. I thank you, Lord, that your word says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would give us a boldness in this place. Father, may we see people that come to know you. We know that all things are possible with you. Father, I pray for family members in this place and friends in this place that do not know you. Father, I pray that you would break down rock hard, stony hearts and give them hearts of flesh. Father, I pray that you would open the eyes of the blind. Father, I pray, Lord God Almighty, that when they come with a seed, when they come with the word of God, I pray that it would be revelation to them. I pray that their eyes would be open and that they would see you. So, Father, I pray that you would begin to prepare the hearts of the lost. Prepare their hearts, even right now as we speak, even right now as we pray. Prepare their hearts, Father, for them to come to know you. Thank you, Father, for moving through us, for working through us. We love you, Lord. We bless you and we say, here am I. Send me. We'd love to hear from you. Visit us at thewaycitychurch.org.